Hey, what's up, everybody? Nick and Michael here, and we want to do a quick promotion of our upcoming webinar, Mastering Your Healthcare Marketing for 2024. We're, we're right on the edge of 2024. We're going to be doing a really cool webinar. It's on January 18th at 2 p.m. Michael, what are we going to be doing on this webinar? So new year, right? right? So we're going to talk about what's coming up in the world, in the, in the world of digital marketing, marketing as a whole. We're, we're even going to touch on some grassroots marketing, which Come is on. kind of cool. That's right. Um, there's an episode that we actually referenced for some of that. But ultimately, what we're trying to do is kind of arm you with what you should be doing in 2024. Because if you weren't happy with 2023, marketing can probably fix that. So that's what we're going to be talking about. It's going to be, what, 90 minutes or so, maybe? Yeah, we'll do about 60 minutes of actual content. And then we'll do another 30 minutes of Q&A if anybody has any. So it could be up to yeah, 90 yeah. minutes. But, I mean, I mean, it's really up to all the questions that you have. Uh, but, yes, Pre-register, there's going to be a link in uh, the show notes where you can go, you can register, you can save your spot, and you will get a link to the downloads for that webinar. It's going to be very hands-on, very practical application. We hope to see you there. What is going on, Walkins? Welcome, family. We're glad to have you on what's wrapping up the year 2024 podcast for Walkins. Welcome. All about helping you triple your revenue through digital marketing services, exceptional patient experience. I'm Nick. Michael's with me. What you, a year, what a year! You can tell we're closing out, man, because I'm not even bothering shaving. <laughs> like I'm well, not even well, giving it an effort at this well, point. I mean, and, and like just <laughs> let's let's take a dip of reality for a second. <laughs> right. This is the Tuesday before Christmas. Mm -hmm. We're packing the office tomorrow. We're getting some new uh, some new walls painted. We're getting a new office, man. Well, the goal is that the next episode after this one will be in our new place. That's right. Should be. Um, and you, that means you got to go to YouTube and watch it. So anyway, kind of peeling things back, we, uh, we have, we're in the end of 2023. This is a 2024 episode. Mm -hmm. And we have things coming up outside the podcast. We you'll be hearing promotions about it here and there and everywhere, but we're going to touch on some stuff today and we'll be touching on. So listen, we're going to talk about healthcare marketing trends in 2024, but I do want it like I'm all of a sudden inspired by what you said. I want to just kind of tell you what's going on in 2024. Y'all, we are growing. Patient care marketing pros is growing. That's our agency, right? So we, right. Ha we have, we are doing, you got a button for us. There it is. Yeah. You know what? I have to say, 2023 was – it was a different year for us. It was. There was a I, lot. Like, there was a lot – it was a lot of good. There's some bad. Mm -hmm. there's, all, there's always bad in business. Anybody raise your hand right now that's listening to this? Like, if you're part of a business, running a business, management of a business, you can agree. There's always a little bit of bad. That's right. But there's always good. And as long as there's more good than bad, things are okay. Well, we did an episode about, hey, like, look at the past mm -hmm. and evaluate the past. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of that was just, hey, look, there's a lot more good here than there was bad. Oh, yeah. You know, your brain automatically goes to the bad, right? Every time. So you, we, we've grown. Part of that growth means we're going to have to get a new office, right? We are moving to a new office in another part of this town. It's bigger. It's, it's, it's more of our vibe. Um, I'm excited about the new faces that have never even met us yet that are going to be in there, both clients and new team members for yep. us. Um, we're going to get a new podcast studio. We're in a room and we've done the best we could with what we have. Well, we're building out a studio for the podcast. It's going to keep getting better and better. Yeah. I'm, and it's one of those two, like, I, I know if we're talking to most healthcare, you guys can't do remote work, right? Like most people can't do remote work in the healthcare right. 
to a degree, you can do virtual business, but ultimately, you're probably showing up at an office. In our world, the default is typically remote, and we're we're going against the grain. We, we are. We want pe- our culture adores in in person. And now we're doing some really cool stuff for remote stuff in the near future, which will be a lot of fun. But at the end of the day, we'll do a screen share or yeah, find yeah, a way yeah. to do that because y'all are going to dig what we put together for a virtual office. Yep. And if you have multiple locations, that could be a whole episode on its own on how to, as a healthcare, like create this culture of virtual. Anyway, that's another story. That's another story. But at the end of the day, that's one big reason why we're excited for this new office is just it's going to – right at the end of the day, if we gave you a tour of our current office, you would understand like mm, this is a little odd layout. And we just had to live with it, and it's been fine. It's been fun. Yeah, we've enjoyed, enjoyed it. it. But the new place, like this layout makes a lot more sense. And now we're going to be able to – our my favorite thing, we're going to have two conference rooms instead of one. Really, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really jazzed about what 2024 holds. And part of that is just the people that have listened to this podcast that have reached out to us. Um, that have started to work with us. We have we have listeners who are now clients of ours. We consider them friends, obviously. But um, listen, let's kick over to the episode. I'm excited about what we have. Uh, I'm not going to go into too detail in any one of these points, but we're going to be covering healthcare marketing trends that are coming up that we see in 2024, right? There's yep. nine points that I have, and I don't want to go into huge detail in each one because we got a webinar coming up that you're going to want to attend to get the details on the ones that are going to matter to you most. Oh, yeah. But Michael, why don't you click us off with bullet point number one? All right. So we all know this lovely phrase called HIPAA compliance, Yay. and it's getting more and more construed, right? So, and here's the thing at the end of the day, uh, there's going to be more audits and more things like that. And digital marketing gets even more so under a microscope from a compliance standpoint. So that's going to be becoming more of a thing. And the reality is um, you need to understand that you can't be afraid of all of it because some people just assume HIPAA means I can't do anything or I can do so little. And now it's like, no, there are ways to kind of make that a little bit different. There's some things to play by, but we even – like you guys have heard of Solve Health, and we've we've been working with Solve Health. They've there are things that they're able to do to help from a marketing standpoint that right. we, that wasn't available a year ago. Right. And so, like HIPAA compliance is a big deal. It's not going away, but it is something that you have to be completely um, in tune with because you can go do a search right now: HIPAA compliance, digital marketing, case studies, and you will find some stuff. And that is something that has to be on the forefront. You know, if you're tracking any type of data on that's re- slightly related to your patients, you got to be careful. Yeah, I like the word "be careful," but don't be afraid. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to add that in there too. Or be conscious. <laughs> when I hear of government regulation and compliance and all these different kinds of things, I feel like there's a boogeyman in the corner. Yeah. Um. I and in all honesty, there's a boogeyman in the corner. I don't mean to tell you that, but the boogeyman is actually in your clinic. Mm-hmm. Okay. We had Ron Shu with Sip Oasis on with us a while back talking about HIPAA compliance as a as it pertains to data and data protection. And the reason I bring that up, you should go back and listen to the episode. I wish I had the reference number, but I don't. Um, the reason I bring it up is because the the way you're going to get caught doing that is somebody inside of your clinic turning you in, yeah. right? And the other thing is there's not really any such thing as compliance. There is a pursuit to comply, 
Yeah, there's no perfect right? compliance. So, so the reason I say that, Michael, is because you have to show that you're making efforts to be HIPAA compliant. You don't have to be 100% HIPAA compliant, and it's not expected of you. What is expected is are you putting the checkbox at the bottom when you're asking for patient's information that says, hey, I'm going to email you, I'm going to text you, I'm going to call you. Put that checkbox on there. Yeah. Let them know that their information – because they're there doing business with you as a patient that you're going to communicate with them digitally, that is a pursuit of compliance. That's just an example of that, yep. right? Uh, for us, we're going to be migrating our servers over to HIPAA-compliant servers. We're getting ahead of it. It's not required, but we want to make sure that we're protecting our clients. Yep. So that would be an example of of moving toward HIPAA compliance. Oh, yeah. All right, number two, HIPAA-compliant call tracking and analytics. I, I mean, I've got opinions here. First of all, don't track your calls as far as like recording them. No, like that's that's a no. I mean, you can do some, you know, you can actually do the business, uh, the BA stuff, but um, at the end of the day, even if you're, and there are lots of layers to this, but even if your team that's run that's running your marketing for you are are listening to your phone calls, and they have they by chance hire new members and all that stuff like that, a lot of risk tied into that, right? right. So. We kind of have that default track a call, but not the recording itself. So I can't say what Bob Smith he called an urgent care. But I don't know what happened, right? And but we can see the call and just say, okay, we can see that was good. And at the end of the day, for us, all we can see is the name, the phone, and how long they talked, and that's all we know, right? So that, there's a reason why we do that, and I don't really have a desire to go too far beyond that. But um, at the end of the day, though, there's some other things that we're able to see, too, is kind of like the flow of how that call happened originally. Like, we can see some of that stuff now, which is really cool. And we can see how many people are like, you know, I thought I was going to call, but maybe I'll come back. And then we're even now seeing ways to, like, was there a call action happening on the other side, like mm -hmm. where they were inside the uh, booking software or something along? It's pretty neat stuff that we're able to see right now. And, of course, we've all heard the word phrase AI. And so AI is trying to make it cleaner for us. Actually, I experienced it for the first time the other day, and I know what they're talking about when they're talking about AI-driven call tracking. Mm -hmm. So I was on a Zoom call the other day, oh, yeah. and it didn't record my Zoom meeting. But what it did is it summarized and gave me action items from that Zoom meeting. And here's how that would look on an AI call. Somebody calls, and they have an ailment, and they want to book a meeting, and you get what's called an AI-driven call summary, right? Yeah. Jan called. Jan has a runny nose. Jan wanted to schedule a call. Jan talked to Melissa, and Melissa scheduled that call. And boom, it just updates notes in your system with the summary of the conversation, which bypasses HIPAA. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't really by, bypass it, per se. What it does is it bypasses the person who would have violated HIPAA by not being that, that it, third party. It, it keeps it in the system. Yes. And so yes. it keeps it isolated, and it keeps it in front of eyes only, right? And Correct. so, in when we know to talk about the summary stuff, so from our standpoint, for our non uh, medical clients, like this could be huge down the road very quickly, where we're not having to look at transcripts or anything. We can let AI tell us was that a a closed deal call or was it just a a waste of time? Right. And it could just anyway. At the end of the day, here's a simple reminder with AI: it's a tool that helps, not fully replace. Right. And again, I, I hate to bring up HIPAA again, but for point number three, HIPAA seems to be this one thing that wants you to stop, you know, advertising digitally to people. Yeah. Um, so you have to have a full funnel 
advertising strategy. And what I mean by that is you need to own your data. You don't need – Google doesn't need to own your data. Facebook doesn't need to own your data. First-party data. Yeah, and what is first-party data? So first-party data is the data you created. You, you have it on a clipboard that your patient fills out. Right, yep. you have it in an email system that you own, like Mailchimp or something like that, where you can download that CSV file. You have all those phone numbers right. tied to somebody. You have all those past ailments and all the things that were prescribed and people that signed up for something. Right, you have all that stuff because at the end of the day, third party data. So third party data is the traditional data that we know about, and that is your pixel data, generally speaking, or Google tag. Yeah, like your your Google Analytics data. Yeah, so like that third party data is being collected by a third party and presented to you, but at the end of the day, they're going to be limited. They're going to be regulated on that because mm-hmm. they're handing over data that may or may not have need access to. But when it's your first party data, as long as you keep it in house, it can be very beneficial. It can be incredibly beneficial. You can run incredibly targeted email campaigns. Mm-hmm. You can run incredibly targeted. Uh, look-alike campaigns when done properly and thoroughly. Like you can say, Mary Kate with this phone number at this email at some point was a patient and I want people that look like that person. Yeah. You start to develop an avatar of your perfect client, your perfect patient. Right. Right. And then you start to learn. I, here's that. And then today, great marketing is where you present exactly what the person wants. And the only way you can do that is that, you know, everything about that person. That's right. Because I, at the end of the day, like, if I give a gift to somebody that I know really, really well, there's a great chance they'll appreciate the gift. Absolutely. If and I, you were one of the best at that, you and my sister. Yeah. And if I give a gift to a complete stranger, it can be a complete hit or miss. Yeah, that's true. And so, like, that person may hate the gift because it brought back bad memories. Who knows? But that's the reality of it. The more data you have in front of you, that's your data. That's not just handed to you from some other party. Mm-hmm. The more likely it's going to be a good result. And then you can and like talk about video and things like that. Like that becomes huge after a while. Speaking of video, diversifying your channel mix. Number four, taking content and repurposing it across multiple channels. Yeah, there are so many tools for you to take to take advantage of in this space. Like Descript, like we're on Riverside FM. the The podcast yeah. we're cutting now will be repurposed into multiple channels. TikTok. LinkedIn. YouTube shorts, LinkedIn. Um, it'll be turned into a blog post. Hannah will turn this into a blog post because she'll pull the transcript of it. You can take one piece of content and you probably repurpose it 10 to 15 times. Well, and, and so like two years ago, we said, don't be afraid of video. Mm-hmm. You have an iPhone. It'll be fine. That's right. Today, don't be afraid of video. You don't even need a phone anymore. Take a picture Give it to AI, and it will make you a video of yourself. And, I, like, what are you talking about? Literally, there's AI now, and we've seen it live in person because mm-hmm. we are at a conference. They talked about it, and they showed it. You give it an image. You give it a couple of or you give it, like, three or five seconds of you talking, and all of a sudden you give it a script, and it will make it look like you said all that. I love it. And guess what? You didn't have to be in front of a camera. You didn't have to edit the thing. It does it all for you, and you're talking like a 10-minute process, and you have a unique – ultimately, it's your own video, even though AI developed it, but it's still your organic video. And now you, you, you're you starting to remove that, I don't have time for video, 
or I'm afraid of video. We're, we're going to be the laziest population in the history of the planet for it's over with. Well, well I, I feel we'll like we're have I feel everything like we're doing gonna, everything for us. I feel like we're going to cross a point where right. data becomes generic yep. and now it becomes physical skills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like we're going to will. We're going to flop again. That's right. <laughs> All of that content will be produced for us. Number 5 addressing disengagement and distrust, which is funny because we just talked about diversified channels and how everything's been simplified. Well, that means you can't always trust the information that's being put out there, right? Um, you're going to have to re-engage your audience, right? Yeah. You're going to have to reactivate that audience. You're going to have to take uh, uh, those negative reviews and spin them into positive reviews, right? This disengagement of your of your audience and this distrust, maybe in the in the in the industry in general, you're going to have to address those things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I even think, too, because I'm looking at the next bullet point about the authenticity in the content. Right. Because we'll, we'll, on our webinar, we'll touch on the grassroots side. And to me, anytime you interact with your community is the best content you can get because it's the actual target market. If you're, because if you're in urgent care, because we know we're talking to most of you guys, you're five to seven miles, if that. That's your radius of who of the patients coming to your door. Because it's convenience. If you go into your community that's five miles around and you get video and just pictures and all these things, that's the most authentic stuff you can get because people can recognize it. I even think about um, – I always thought about this. When you go into I, – I think Cracker Barrel has done it really well for years, mm-hmm. but and now I see everybody else starting to do it. Is, so you go into Cracker Barrel. Love it or hate Cracker Barrel, but I thought this was always fascinating. Um, all the stuff on the wall – it's all local to a degree. Okay. It, it all represents like the state of Alabama or whatever. Like I, I, I read some story. They actually have people that literally just go to antique shops in the area to find that stuff to put on the wall. See, I thought that was just created somewhere. No, it's actually like purchased somewhere locally. Tried to be at least. Now you – so you take that. That's pretty cool. I mean Cracker Bell's been there for years. And so look at McDonald's. Look at anybody and they say, hey, welcome to the Birmingham McDonald's. And it has like a – a cutout of, uh, for us, the Vulcan. Right. Like, they're trying to localize it. And it well, kinda... I mean, yeah, and they'll put up, like, Pelham Panthers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they'll put up the local high school football team. Yeah, so. yeah. Or you walk into Walmart and they have the local high school, uh, all the sweaters and hats and jerseys and stuff. Anyway, at the end of the day, like, that's a big corporate company trying to be local. And, you know, it kind of falls on its face a little bit because it can only do so much. But that's always fascinating. Like these are big companies that are trying to become localized. Well, the local companies can do a really great job at this because it's who they are. That's right. That's right. I, it's funny. Uh, there's a full moon barbecue in Alabaster, Alabama, tiny little Alabama city, and they have the high school from Alabaster. The the teams like the different sports, not just the football team, but football, cheerleading, Boy Scouts, whatever. They'll come in one night a semester. And they'll just serve the food. They'll run the food for tips. Oh, that's that's cool. it. Because, you know, you go in a full moon, you go up there, you order the food, and then you go sit down, and then their team brings it to you. Yeah. Well, instead, like, these kids will bring it out. They'll refill your cup for you, you know. That's fine. Things that are totally simple for, for you know, a, a high schooler or a middle schooler to do. But what it does is it, like, it breeds that 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 community into a corporation. Yeah. I just think it's pretty cool. I don't know how to do that into an urgent care yet. I'll let you know. We have ideas on another episode. <laughs> we'll have people so. running in with needles. 
Here's right. your medication. That's not legal at all. <laughs> all right, number seven, AI's role in SEO and marketing. Uh, this really can't be understated. I've got mm-hmm. so many opinions here that I need to shut up and let you go. So it's funny. I, I So AI now has been around for over a year. Uh, it, November 2022 was like the moment that AI became real. Mm-hmm. And ChatGPT was fully released. And then Bard followed up shortly after a few months. And now it's just become it, – I'm, I'm a little annoyed with AI because it's become the snake oil of software. Mm-hmm. Where software is now saying AI generated this, AI generated that, AI based this, and like mm, that doesn't help anybody. Uh, but when it comes to actually like real tools, right? So there are some great things. At the end of the day, we have we have quite a bit of content around AI and what it does in the digital marketing space. But that, if you're going to sum it up, AI simply gets you there faster, and it gets you over humps, and it gets you to where you didn't think you could get to in time. And the but the the big asterisk with AI is don't copy paste. You know it's mm-hmm. funny. I, I read you know sometimes you come across something and you should have screenshotted it and you didn't. Oh, I have so many screenshots um, in my phone. I, I, this was one. I was probably doing another one. Read probably shouldn't have been on my phone or something. I, ah. I can't back that up. But anyway, that's probably why I didn't <laughs> screenshot it. Um, but but the what was said is that in the in 2023 over 75% of all content generated on the internet was at least touched by ai and what i mean by that is like the idea was generated by ai wow. the topics were generated by ai something ai was involved in the creation of that content so we're going to get 75% <laughs> in one year so we're saying is that 25% is only original that's right <laughs> and what and what does that mean about that 25% it's probably the original thought leader in that space. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we probably the original thought leader because we space. always talk about. We've always heard in our, in our industry at least be the one percent. So the one percent is the content creator, and because you and what does that look like? So if you have the best example we can think of is like YouTube, mm-hmm. billions of views, right? Mm-hmm. How many creators are there? A couple of thousand, ultimately. Yeah. Ultimately, a couple of thousand that put out regular content. That's definitely the one percent, or even less than one percent, and that—that's where we are now. Like, because you can take AI, like you said, 70, if seventy-five percent was touched, touched, right? Not fully generated, but just like I need five blog topics. Yeah, and let me modify the five. Yeah, and, and I'm going to take and I'm going to write based on that information. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's just it's, and then Google at some point is going to say, "All right, I've seen this before. I've seen this before. I've seen this before." And then it's like, "I can't really say you're any better than the Joe Blow down the street because you kind of said the same thing." Well, I do want to say this though, in regards to that, I'm, I'm, we're we're over here talking about maybe a negative slant on that. AI's role in search engine optimization and digital marketing is profound in a positive way. Yeah, speed to market is critical. Yeah, right when you need to make changes that. It's, it's been my experience, personal experience when running Facebook ads, personal experience. I am now changing out ads faster because I don't have to, I don't have to sit down for two hours and get creative. I can sit down and say, I have these ideas, help me flesh them out. And in 30 minutes, I've got brand new ads for my clients. Oh, yeah. It used to take me two to three hours. And then, right? they, and then not only did you save time on that, it gave you energy back. That's right. And you can put out better stuff. And in a lot of ways, my really good idea was made better because it was written in such a way that I didn't think. Well, and then it ultimately it kind of removes some of the bias too. It does. So Because at the end of the day, whether we like it or not, we all have a bias. Right. Whether we say we do or we don't, but ultimately we do. 
And uh, AI has less of a bias. I think AI still has some type of bias mixed in there at the end of the day because it's being, you know, right. stuff is being fed to it. But, uh, you know, ultimately, you can be as mean as you want to the software, and it doesn't care. It don't care. It doesn't care, like, the client is really aggravated right now. It has no idea. <laughs> well, let's move on to point number eight, which I think is fun, and this is literally a transformation in the healthcare industry, which is this digital transformation. And we've just seen this alone with our communication and our involvement with Solve Health. And I, I'm we, listen. We're not paid by them. We, they don't endorse us. It's nothing like that. They just okay? talk to us. They're just friends of ours, <laughs> and, and, and we're friends of theirs. And and I feel like we're moving down the same highway in the same direction, right? They have the similar and, challenges that we do. Exactly. And when when I say digital transformation, I'm talking about like the CRM that's in, integrated with the booking software. And then the booking software sends out review requests. And then those review requests have AI integrated into the response measurement. And just all of this thing is, is becoming integrated into this digital transformation that is going to extend onto your personal health records. Yeah. You know, you're going to have information summaries that are going to be sent right to the health records. You're going to have AI telling you what the response should be from your nurses. Like here, here's the ailments of, of this patient. Here's what I recommend you do based on the history of this person. Well, AI is generating those responses. Well, so I'm waiting. I know it's going to happen soon. I am waiting for sci-fi to become real. I mean, we're about there. Well, this is what I'm saying. So, Recently, I had to go to an urgent care, had some issues, and they said, well, you need to follow up with your primary care. Okay. So I followed up my primary care, and he has all the notes from the mm -hmm. urgent care. I was like, that's fantastic. It actually worked. But I am waiting for the moment that when I give somebody, give a healthcare facility anywhere in this country, my social, they can see everything ever recorded related to my health. Mm -hmm. So then they don't have to ask me. 14 times. What medicine did you take? When did this happen? How about this? And I realized some of it's just verifying information. I get that for sure. Cause like my wife's been through a lot of stuff and it blows my mind when you're in a hospital and the, the four nurses that you interact with, they ask the same question. Can you please read the notes that are on the chart? Yeah. And like, I know I literally saw this nurse type these notes in. Why are we doing this? That's anyway, funny. all that being said, like I, I'm waiting for sci-fi to become real because I think, I think it's all there. I think all the pieces are there. And I think AI was that last piece because now it can organize it and summarize it mm -hmm. and make it digestible. Cause at the end of the day, we have data. The amount of, I, great data is not that great if you can't understand it. That's right. And, and if you can get something simple, like every time we like show a dashboard to a client, they're like, Oh, that makes a lot more sense now. Or when we, when we take all this information, we say, all right, based on this, the get a patient in your door is going to cost you $12. Mm -hmm. Now you can make a decision on that. That's right. Before you couldn't. So I'm waiting for sci-fi to become real from a health record standpoint. Cause you're talking about digital transformation of healthcare, everything kind of sticking together. I'm waiting for that day. Like that day I plug in my social and it shows everything that's ever happened to me. Cause I don't mind. Right. Cause at the end of the day, I, like somebody had to record it somewhere. It's just now accessible from everybody. And I'm for it. Yeah. I have no problem with that. That's the proper use of technology. So yeah. And, and it gets rid of abusers it gets rid of you know people gaining the system mm -hmm. and trying to take advantage of stuff because that it never occurred to me that if you do it correct like I was fascinated so when I went to the urgent care I know I'm going to slight tangent here but I went into the urgent care and 
I had some pain, whatever. And I was like, probably need a steroid shot. Well, they asked me a bunch of interesting questions. Okay. They were trying to figure out if I was just trying to get painkillers. Oh, I didn't even think about that. They were trying real hard because they like, let me check. They were checking me and make sure I didn't already have a shot. Because if you think about it, I can go to urgent care one. I feel like crap. I need a steroid shot. Answer a couple of questions. Great. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes later, I can go to an urgent care down the road. I feel like crap. And they had, there's no way they could connect the dots. And then I said, hey, can you send it to pharmacy A? Can you send it to pharmacy B? Can you send it to and all of a sudden you have, because I like muscle relaxers and all these things. I could have like 10 uh, prescriptions of muscle relaxers in an hour and nobody would know the difference. As long as you're willing to pay for it and not make the insurance pay for it, you should be in good shape. It's only $5. So it's kind of, that's good uh, to know. <laughs> right? That's good. I'm kind of amazed. I'm like, that's a really cheap prescription. Anyway, all that being said, this transformation with AI, AI can then throw up an alert. Hey, this has been requested already. Right. How amazing would that be? And there may be some stuff already out there. It's kind of slowing this down, but we're getting closer and closer where you can't game the system. You can be honest and then people have true access to what's going on. I love world. it. Anyway. No, you're spot on, man. That's good. That is a proper use of AI. Last bullet point, then we'll close out, is optimizing your website for user experience. This is so easy, y'all, in my opinion. (laughs) Make sure that you have booking software or save your spot online software on there. Make sure that you have a pay link on your website and make sure you have information about the services that you provide. If you're multi-location, make sure that you're driving traffic to each individual location page with the exact same things I just said a way to pay your bill, specifically a way to save your spot online or, or book an appointment, and then the services that that location provides. Michael, what do you want to add to that? That's just, to me, that is what your website purpose is going to serve in 24. Keep it simple. Yep. Um, people don't read your content. Don't care. Google does. Google reads it. Uh, people don't. Yep. People don't say, you know what? What a great blog post. This website looks so good. I have to go to with them. Yeah. It's pretty rare. I mean, we have seen some super successful urgent cares that came to us, and the website made us itch. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we do great. Like, we're, we're at 40, 50 patients a day, but we're just trying to get a little bit better. And you look at the site, you're like, when did you build a site? Oh, 15 years ago. It seems to be fine. Right. And we're just – it's amazing. But at the end of the day, it, you want to make sure it's clean, it's, it's not junky, and it's easy to get to. It's easy to book online. It's all very easy stuff. But – it's not about it has to be the most beautiful design ever. Like, that's just not what healthcare is about. Right. I mean, maybe in dermatology, I could see that. I see dermatology as a thing. Or maybe aesthetics, but outside of that, if you're in urgent care, it needs to, be, it needs to work very well at the end of the day. The website of all these bullet points, that's the easiest one. But there are nine points for y'all to digest. Go back and re-listen to this episode if you want to catch any one particular content, uh, piece of content there. We are going to have a webinar that's coming up. I'm excited about it. You should have heard a promo about it before and or after uh, this podcast. There'll be some more coming. Uh, More importantly, uh, we'll be wrapping up the year with our next episode, and then we'll be ringing in 24, and it's going to be gang on. It's going to be on. Ready to go. We're excited. Absolutely. But until then, I hope you all have an amazing week, an amazing holiday, and we will see you next Wednesday.